Zowzers. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to the After Laugh. Here I am with Tommy Wakefield. Hey, hey. Who uh, I've been given a hard time recently. I can't help it. Um, and uh, Tommy is a little bit trepidant about this about this episode because we're not doing an interview. <laughs> we're just going to be rapping about rapping. stuff. Yep, uh, well, freestyling. You actually can rap, right, Tommy? You actually do rap. I mean, I did comedy raps for a while. Can you do <laughs> one? Just to get the show going? Come on. Off the dome? Oh, okay, what about? I mean, well, I don't know. Off the dome, you must have one, like, you know, for memory. <laughs> I mean, it's you been did a, comedy it's been raps? A, it's been a while. Uh, I can't rap at all. I'm terrible I had at one, uh, got a couple craft snack packs in your backpack. A couple craft snack packs in your backpack. <laughs> all you needed to I did be a, a good rapper. A, that was a rap about macaroni. You know what I mean? Yeah. To be a good rapper, all you need is good diction, which is kind of a nerdy thing to have. Rapping is totally nerdy. Yeah. Poetry is nerdy. Yeah. Um, so I but it's like the hardest version of, of being a poet. Nerdy. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Rappers are sensitive. Yeah, they are. But like that kid, that but nerd. So, you know, but the raps, they make it hard so that you won't call them out on being sensitive. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, so... The part of the reason I, I want to do this podcast is because I was in the woods for three days for my friend's 30th birthday party. I'm not much of a camper, by the way. I had a tent. I brought it, and I showed up, and I was like, will someone please assemble my tent for me? Uh, because there are people who are Boy Scouts and know how to do that shit, and I don't know how to do that shit. So they, you know, and I just sat there. So uh, you're in the woods looking for Boy Scouts. <laughs> of course. So I'm in there for three days, l- laying in my tent, with bad acid reflux. Um, no, no, no cell phone for over three days. No, That's nice. Which is kind of cool that you you know I didn't mm-hmm. have to think about any of that stuff. When I descended from the mountains like Moses, um, <laughs> for some reason, all I got bombarded with on all my social medias. All my socials, as the kids say, was uh, reactions to Dave Chappelle's Six and Stones special. Um, so I watched it last night, um, which I think, I, you know, I, I, I'm always a little bit resistant to watching any comedy special. Right. I don't know why. I don't know if it's, if it's a combination of FOMO, jealousy, or just a genuine lack of interest in what other comics are doing. Because I want to do what I want to do, and I don't really want to look at other comics' take on what they want to do. And Right. Um, <clears throat> so I don't, I don't know what it is. I want to, like, maybe I can go to a therapist. Find a d- like, I, I looked <laughs> at this guy. Uh, so I watched Chappelle, and I watched this other guy on Netflix called Simon. I'm looking at Tommy because you look Simon like Simon Gibson? No. He's a British guy. He looks like he looks like Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, he has a Netflix special. Oh, like, well, he had the repertoire, the four specials, the kind of nerdy. He has glasses. I don't know if he has four of them, but he he has a special. And after I'm about sure ten minutes, I just kind of I, I couldn't watch it, and I I don't know why I couldn't watch it other than the fact that I just don't I'm not really that um, impressed with people being clever, right? Anymore, or impressing their intellect on me with their comedy uh, it just doesn't and i'm not saying that's not valid and i'm not saying that people don't find that the, the highest form of comedy but for sure. me not i look at you. that and i go okay your dad didn't love you and you're awkward like i don't care <laughs> oh my god like yeah. it, do, it, do, it doesn't like reflect anything about the world and society that i feel is important so back to dave Chappelle's special mm-hmm. um i went onto the tr- twitter sphere a lot of hot takes. A lot of hot takes on the Dave Chappelle special. Now, to start, I'll say this. I- I'll quote Eric Griffin in his special mm-hmm. when he says, I saw Black Panther. It was aight. That's how I feel about Chappelle's special. It was okay. aight. I, yeah. I, I don't think it was <coughs> my favorite special of his. It's not my definitely not my favorite special of, of all time. Um there are things that I thought were, were great. There are certain sort of physical and behavioral tics of his, like walking off stage and hitting the mic against his thigh. They got a little tired to me. A little but, um, excessive. Uh, but there are moments of profound, acerbic comedy 
gold, ingenious, and takes that you would never come up with with your own brain that he did uh, that I found. And if you have two of those, special, mm-hmm. you're doing something right. Right. Uh, so the stuff that I really gravitated towards with Dave Chappelle was his the pushback that he's gotten from the trans community. I think in specifically that has been uh it's just weird to watch the rea- that th- I feel like that is the one thing that everyone's kind of rallying around as an example of how irresponsible he's been with his language. Now, I don't really think that a comic the other thing obviously the Michael Jackson and the pedophilia with Michael Jackson. Those are the two right. things. So the hot take that I have, and I want to discuss with you, Tommy, okay. is I don't think that comedians create or inculcate culture. I think they reflect culture. Okay. They mirror culture. Uh, but I do not think that the words from a comic's mouth engender action that creates a society that becomes more misogynistic, more... But racist, more blah 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 blah. I, I just don't. I do not believe that is the case. Now, if you can find examples of that, and maybe this sounds really pretentious to say, like, show me studies, up a go. But um, <laughs> you know, like everyone slippery slopes every argument to Hitler. Like, look at the words Hitler had. Look at the effect of the words of Hitler. Right. But you're Which talking is pretty ridiculous when you talk about a comedian. I, I, of course, but but, but then absurd. you know, on one level the gradations of what a comic is and what a, a political icon right. is. Like, Trump is a comedian, really. He's well, more of a comedian than a politician. He's been a comedian his whole life before he's a politician. Right, but he's the president, so he's, he's pretty president. firmly in the politician category now. <laughs> so, exactly. So, again, but it goes back with the Trump question, is Trump, is he creating a divided culture? Oh, Or is he sure. reflecting a divided culture? He is a product of a divided culture, okay. which is then leading to further division because of his platform and position of power. Okay, he so got his power from the division, and so just by the nature of how he came to power, he's playing to that division to keep his power. You know yes, what I mean? I understand that. So this is what I th- think becomes an interesting sort of point around all this stuff which I, I, maybe I struggle with, maybe I'm naive about, maybe I have my own solidified opinion about, I don't know. But the opinion that I'm having about this stuff is that people are not that malleable. And that people have... By malleable, you mean like open-minded and open uh, to What I mean is that we're, 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 we're born into... Kind of set? Like we're, we're embryos, and we're born in a belly. Mm-hmm. And by the time we come out of said belly we're pretty much cooked in terms of how we feel and how we think about things until the trauma happens in our life that early on, childhood mm-hmm. trauma. And then by the time we're in our 20s, unless severe tragedy or PTSD or illness or sickness or, or something extreme happens, we're pretty much the person that we're going to be. Like you see kids that are two years old and then you, then you know them when they're 14. They're the same kid. On right. some level. You know what I mean? So there's this idea, and I think there's something very, it's very elitist and coastal elitist about people believing that words of comics and even words of presidents can actually really affect the ideology and mindset of people. That Trump can create a racist. Now, can he give license to racists that didn't have them? I, I guess he could, but on the other hand, there's checks and balances, there's police systems, there's other forces at play that will negate those races. So mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure, as much as I obviously don't like Trump and he's a dipshit, I, 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 I cringe a little bit at the, at the idea that he has so much power over people because I think that idea is rooted in a weird white arrogance over minorities that people don't want to talk about. In other words, these liberal white women from Harvard and Skidmore and all these, they, okay. they, they feel like they know better. So yeah. they're going to tell you what you can say about minorities. They're going to tell you what you can say about marginalized societies, what you can say about black people, what you can say about Islam. Okay. And, I f- and I blanch that because I go, I want to talk to a trans person who got really offended by Dave Chappelle, and I want to hear that argument. 
Right. Is that blog somewhere? Is that article somewhere on the Huffington Post from a trans person? Or is it just from a Harvard-educated liberal? there are definitely... I've heard trans people on both sides of the issue. There's a lot of people who just like comedy and are comedy fans, and they might be trans, they might be in the LGBT community, and they think it's funny. That's what I've seen, but most of them are like comics or comedy fans. And then non-comedy fans hear that, and they're not really in the culture of comedy, which is very, like, the in comedy, you can say anything, and you're clearly just trying to find the joke, trying to find the funny. But there's a lot of people who don't live in that world of funny. They don't yeah. translate things that they see into the language of funny. So they are just hearing what he's saying as statements. Yeah. And as statements, then they're bad a lot of times. I'm not saying particularly... Mm, that's an interesting statement you just made. Like like the Michael Jackson stuff as a statement is horrible. Right? Okay, wait. So let's, let's back up because... Let's assume that people listening to this have not necessarily listened to the Dave Chappelle special. Right. Maybe some people w- won't listen to it, and maybe people have. So let's let's. What did Dave Chappelle say about the Michael Jackson situation exactly? Pa- I'm obviously going to paraphrase. I mean, We're not going to quote. I, it. I watched it once. I don't even remember exactly, but he basically. I don't remember actually. So my <laughs> my m- memory of it is he said that he did not believe that Michael Jackson. The first statement. That he didn't believe that Michael Jackson molested these kids. The problem with me is I've heard so many hot takes on the Michael Jackson issue that I think I'm mixing them up a little bit in my mind. So I don't want to say exactly yeah. what he said and get it wrong. So he said, he said, I don't believe that Michael Jackson molested, in particular, uh, those two guys, Wade Robson. And I'm blanking on the right. guy, uh, Sawchuck. Not Sawchuck. Murray Sawchuck, the magician? Oh, my God. No, not him. Um, so the, the, the two main protagonists is not documentary uh he says he doesn't believe that they're molested because macaulay calkin says he wasn't and macaulay calkin is super adorbs and why wouldn't <coughs> macaulay calkin have been molested being as adorable as he or was? or i think i think the what he was saying was like um that they're lucky that michael jackson molested them well, because that's it could have been part. a non-famous person that's a lot of people part. get molested and, and it's not even a famous person which yeah, that's the next. So the first part, so is the I joke. don't think it happened because he didn't. Molest, and the next part, he goes, he goes. Even if he did, even if, if he did do it, mm-hmm. which is the logical place you're going to go with comedy, right? Sure. Which is here's a thesis. Mm-hmm. Here's the counter to the thesis. Right, right. Here's ridiculous the arguments. Okay. He goes. Even if he did, he goes. Half the people in this room have been molested, but none of you, no, got molested by Michael Jack by the King of Pop. Right. Now, that made Which is me eerily laugh. similar to a Gerard Carmichael bit that was done eight years ago. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like the same joke. What's the joke? Um, that the kids go to school the next day and they're like, "I got my dick sucked by the King of Pop." Oh, that same phrase. Same exact phrase. Interesting. But I don't know. I'm not saying Chappelle stole it. I'm just saying it's the same joke. It could have been out there in the collective unconsciousness, and he heard right. it and forgot he heard it, and who knows. Um, the Michael Jackson thing came back into the news. And because so of this documentary, people are doing yeah. more jokes about it, right? Uh, so, and then he made some interesting comments. He, he goes, "Kids got to learn that you don't get a trip to Hawaii for free," which is a very <laughs> horrible, tragic statement. But right, he didn't right, create yeah. the reality of that statement, right? And he's saying it in the context of of a joke to make the the illustration yes. that. The, either the parents of these kids or the kids themselves are being super naive, yes, and people were being over trusting of the you know the now taxes. the the reason that I actually thought that what he did was pretty brilliant is because there is a pretty hard red line that exists between believers of Michael Jackson mm-hmm. and people who are a hundred percent convinced he's a pedophile. I, I'm I'm a hundred percent convinced he's a pedophile. I mean, I think it's without question in my mind. But uh, yeah, when I went yeah. on when I went on Twitter. About it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way I got attacked, it was ungodly the amount of uh, vitriol and hatred. I mean, basically, what they, what happens on Twitter is you say something about, and you're trying to be a comic, so you see some comic take right. about how you felt about the Leaving Neverman. Doc, Neverman but on doc Twitter, movie. it's tricky because people see a statement in text and they don't necessarily know that you're a comic. Like, they can go to your profile and figure it out, but 
even still it's like it's mixed in with a whole bunch of people who are yeah putting out legitimate takes but my comment was basically not even that funny but the comment was basically like wow if you watch this and you don't believe these people then i like i don't know what world you live in right something along those lines and the amount of so it is a very like hard red line between people who believe and people don't and the people who will believe Michael Jackson till the day they die are never going to cede anything. So I thought he did something very brilliant, which is he said, and by the way, mostly black people. Okay. Now, I know whenever I say the phrase black people, you get uncomfortable, Tommy. Me? No, I'm not uncomfortable. <laughs> I, depending on what comes next is, you know. Mostly black people defend Michael Jackson. It's a, almost across the board. I think if you were to look at the stats for it, it's like 80% of people of the black community think he's innocent 80 percent of the white community think he's guilty i made up those stats I, yeah they sound i don't pretty, think that I, but i bet you it's pretty close i bet you it's pretty close i don't think so i'm serious we're gonna google i think, I think most black people think that he did it at this point but it's probably a lot that don't yeah i don't i don't know but most people that i've talked to at this point at this point i mean at this point it's pretty much he did something and here's the thing that's where i'm at he did something yeah i don't know what he did but he did something yeah he had a roller coaster park He's sleeping in the bed with kids. You know what I mean? You're saying like, that's a bad thing. It's a okay. little suspicious. Yes. He's a... And I'm not even necessarily... I think Michael Jackson's life was so weird and unusual, and he was such kind of a morphed, abused person Yeah. that it, it's just an equation that leads to him abusing other people. Of just, course. You know what I mean? Of course. And he is also one of the greatest performers of all time. Yes. And he did an, a tremendous amount of good for yes. race relations in America and for uh, the music industry. And, you yes. know, so I mean, the question he, becomes he did which, a whole lot of good, which Dave Chappelle brings up to Bell Is Cosby. it worth it? Um, you know that no one can answer that. Should we wipe away Michael Jackson because of the pedophilia? I mean, but I think that that is a very interesting, important question about all art in general. I mean, a lot of people say, if you, particularly what's happened with the Me Too movement and 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 rape and sexual harassment, and sexual assault, like if if yeah. all if everything that every artist did regarding that was brought up to the surface and bubbled forth, you'd have to burn down the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right. I think the the Dave Chappelle bits in his first two specials back felt much more profound and interesting than the ones in the latest one the latest special to me felt kind of uncooked not polished because it's like he put out four specials in maybe two years and Uh then he put out another one right yeah and the the bits and i'm not saying i could do better def Chappelle is a comedic genius right yeah his body of work is, is incredible but to me, this this one felt a little bit lazy. Okay, by so his so I want to talk. I want to talk. That's an interesting phrase that you just used. Cause the that, second that half I liked a lot more than the first half. That's something that I've heard a lot regarding uh, the special, and and I'm having a tough time understanding what this phrase means. A lot of people on Twitter will go, "It's lazy comedy, lazy comedy." I don't exactly know what I what that means. To me, it sounds like a lazy critique because it doesn't really have a meaning to me that I understand. Like, like he didn't do enough cardio before. There are no wind sprints involved. No, in no, no, cr- no. Like, what is what is lazy about his creation of the Michael Jackson? The fact that other people have retread it? Is, uh, is it that? I felt that there were takes I had heard before. Okay, that's fair. I felt that there were moments in the special where he was just being edgy and offensive for the sake of it. Uh-huh. Like the part where he does that impression of a Chinese man and yes. he just talks in a Chinese accent and does the squinty eyes thing. Yes. What was the point of that? Okay. There was, there was nothing profound about that. So so in the that special. Just, ha ha, well, okay. look, I'll, be, I'll do anything. Okay. People say I can't do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Well, but, ha ha ha. But so funny. I, I get that. But let me just say this. The context of that special he was talking about, this is, goes to the trans community stuff. Mm-hmm. He was talking about the concept of identification, how people identify who they are based on how they feel inside, right. which is whatever you feel about it, wherever mm-hmm. you lie on the spectrum of the LGBTQIA right. community, it is a confusing world and place for this right now. Sure. And the definitions of what that means within that community and against the feminist community. It's an interesting community, thing to talk about. It is a dialectic that exists, and but there's an internal struggle. But his bit is 
the parallel of what so many anti-trans people have said of like, oh, I guess I can just identify with anything. You know what I mean? Oh, I could say I'm a chimpanzee, which is the exact bit that Ricky Gervais did in his humanity special just last year. It's yeah. like the same exact bit. Okay, so that's... And I thought it was dumb and hack when Ricky Gervais did it. Okay. And now he's doing it again. So so what Chappelle... And, and look, and this is what I will say in defense of that, and that, that's a valid point. One thing I'll say in defense of that, Chappelle saying that, is this. Um, he lives... And he doubled down and did the Chinese... Okay, accent, well let's let's get I'm to like, that for a second. I'm like, fine. Like we you can do that. It's comedy, can, but can, can what, we like? Why? W- would you be open to like taking clips of his special audio and putting it in between stuff we're saying? I don't so know if I can do that copyright wise. Yeah, no, you can. It, it Is just this has on Netflix. Yeah, you just like audio. It 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 just has to be less than like thirty seconds. Hmm. I don't know where I would get the footage. Just fucking spend the goddamn time. I don't know if I could get it off I'll Netflix. Pay you, goddamn it. Okay. <laughs> so um. They're just about to be audio. Just anyway, just so people right, are, are completely up to speed with it. So, the premise of this, which I think is actually, look, I get it. When when gay marriage was in the public, you know, debate about whether or not it should be legalized in America, the argument was like, well, then why wouldn't people people who marry their dogs? It's exactly. People, and it's like a it's stupid, slippery slope argument that, that doing, doesn't mean anything. It's so idiotic. Ho- however. Mm-hmm. The concept of transgender, mm-hmm. V period, transracial, right. is not a 100% illogical analogy. I hear what you're saying. There are people who do believe that they are transla- transracial. And, Rachel Dolezal. And because they're such a small proportion, mm-hmm. and because they don't have the same sort of sexual um, har- harassment uh, and assault... Um, not stigma, but history attached to their community. Right. They don't really have a voice, but there are thousands of people who have identified as transracial. Right. So for Dave Chappelle to say, deep down, I feel Chinese. Now, look, I cringed a little bit when I saw that because I thought there was probably, but I also cringed a little bit because I was just thinking, like, you could do anything but Chinese. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You could have made it. Any other, like, you could have made it Russian and you would have been fine. You could have made right. it, like, something, but Chinese the is just a hacky race you go to. The point of the special for him was to be extra offensive. He's called Sticks and Stones for a reason. He's yes. he's not pulling any punches. He's really going for the most. So why do you have a problem with that? Why do you have a problem with being offensive for the sake of being offensive? Because I think it's boring and done and lazy. It's hacked to me. It's hacked to you. It's lazy comedy. It's lazy comedy if you want to... Do you think it's that it's shock humor and it's not anything like I, I just see Dave Chappelle as one of the greatest comedians of all time. Yes. Killing Them Softly, probably my favorite special ever. Yeah. And, you know, Chappelle show. He's incredible. So when I see him, it it felt like it was he was phoning it in at times. And here's the thing. I, and I see this from both angles. I appreciate when comedians go offensive mm-hmm. and I can appreciate when comedians push the line because that means that everyone else is allowed to do more. Everyone else is more free to play around in those places and be kind of... What do you mean? People in cubicles at work are able to do this? No, 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 no. I just mean like other... The farther that the Jesselnicks and the Chappelles and the Andrew Schultzes go, the more offensive that they are, the less offensive we are when we tackle those same subjects. You know what I mean? We now have more freedom as comedians to be offensive and speak our minds or our truths or whatever. Yes. But, so I appreciate it from that standpoint, but as a, what do I think of that comedy and is that brilliant comedy? No. Okay. Not to me. So I think it's very interesting that you compared Jeselnik to Chappelle in the sense that I think that what Jeselnik does just by definition of his comedy is he tries to produce the most offensive jokes mm-hmm. possible right. that are not rooted in any reality right. of his life or of society. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think, I mean, whatever, he's a great comic, great little guy. I don't think there's an authentic bone about him. I think that what he says is very smart, but he's not a tough guy. He's not a badass with mm-hmm. his brand new leather jacket they gave him for the special. He's just a dude who can write some jokes. 
and I, I think find Chappelle this stuff really almost less offensive because of the lack of authenticity. I agree. To it. I actually agree with you. It it hits less hard. I completely agree with you. And so, he's not one of my favorite comedians, but I respect him as a writer. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So I agree with you. I do. I do not find Anthony because I I feel he goes, "Hey guys, I'm going to be offensive for the sake of it. For the sake of being offensive. Right. I think that Chappelle believes. This mm-hmm. is why I take umbrage with the comment lazy comedy. I think that he believes that these are issues that are detrimental to a forward-moving society. Now, ironically, I think that people think that what he's doing is actually pushing backwards a forward-moving society. And I don't society. have an issue with him tackling the issues. I just felt that I have heard him come up with more profound, like like jokes that when the punchline hits, it like sweeps over me. Yes. Whereas nothing he did in this special took me by surprise. Got it. So... Um, a couple points I want to make too. One is another thing that came up from the special. A lot of the Twitter sphere said was, and the Twitter reactions on both sides were ridiculous. Uh, I mean, Twitter reactions about everything are ridiculous. People saying that it's horrible and ruining society, completely <laughs> offensive, so stupid. But yes. people saying it's the best special of all time, also, also ridiculous. Uh, what do you think about people who say? And I actually wrote not to brag, but I wrote a blog about this ten years ago. Okay. Uh, people who say. Uh, and this came up a lot mm-hmm. in Twitter and blogs and Huffington Post. Where that yeah. We should not make jokes about blank. In this case in particular, like, look, comedy is comedy, but we need to draw the line, and the line should be pedophilia. We should not make jokes about pedophilia. Chris Rock actually said that, too, on Twitter one time. And if I was near him, I would have slapped him in his fuck. I wouldn't have slapped him, but <laughs> I would have said, what the fuck are you talking about? Now, because he goes, I have a daughter. It's not funny to make jokes about pedophilia. Now, to me, that is so antithetical to the concept of comedy because I think that comedy is rooted in the idea that talking about stuff, bad stuff, is the most important way to get past it, to mm-hmm. get over it, to solve PTSD with vets. There... Just the studies that show that what... Look, Adolf Hitler is the most satired right. historical figure of the 20th century and probably the 21st century. Mm-hmm. And you can't think of a more evil human than Adolf Hitler. So so, so we can joke about Adolf Hitler. We can make a Bugs Bunny Adolf Hitler, Charlie Chaplin Adolf Hitler. We could do like cartoons, blah, 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 Adolf Hitler, Mel Brooks. But pedophilia is the line because... I, I'm team you can make fun of anything. Yes. Because... A lot of my favorite comedians have been a part of that team. I, I remember there's a Patrice O'Neill interview where he talks about um, they're on Fox News and they're trashing this radio show for making an offensive joke, which was over the line. And the joke itself was offensive and it wasn't funny. Yeah. But Patrice's point was he is defending the right to the attempt. Yes. You're allowed as a comedian to make an attempt at a joke on any subject. Yes. And if it's not funny, then you're going to it's not funny. You're probably going to do it again. You're probably not going to do it again. The audience will let you know you're going to face the consequences of that. But you should be able to attempt a joke on any subject. Yes. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Now, and I think you remember when Louis C.K. got his uh, audio leaked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he talked about school shootings, which, again, I thought it was it made me laugh. He goes, I have to listen to this kid just because he hid behind a fat kid on cable news 24 hours just because he pushed a fat guy in front of him. Now, yeah. look, th- obviously school shootings, nothing's more tragic than that, or, I mean, things are, but that's very, very tragic, and it made me laugh. So I don't know if that makes me evil. Yeah, maybe it does. But my point <laughs> is, again, the I comment, makes that's lazy comedy. That How is that lazy comedy that Louis C.K. made that comment about the fact that, yeah, the people call that joke kids, lazy? Absolutely. I don't remember people calling yeah, totally. that one lazy. Uh, I, I got in a whole Twitter fight about it. Obviously, I need a day job. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, oh, his lazy com- like, And I just felt like, I, I don't, I didn't understand what that meant. Or like, he's punching down. That's another comment right. you hear about. I do the hear that one. Punching down. How dare you punch down? So, it, does that mean that the only thing you're allowed to make fun of is the white male patriarchy? Is that what we're being told? By the elite blogosphere and Twitter sphere, I, I, literally, that's I'm asking you because it feels like the idea that you can't punch <laughs> down a comedy yeah. is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. A lot of comedy is punching down. Anyone who acts like there's no comedy that punches down is just not up to date on yeah. comedy or just being ignorant of like what a huge amount of comedy is. Yes, 
And I'm saying, like, punching down in a mean-spirited, oppressive way is one thing. But sometimes everyone needs to be critiqued. Yes. Comedy is all about critiques. It's like Colin Quinn I saw on an episode of Late Night one time. He talks about... I got, uh, he's being super sarcastic. He talks about, I got into comedy to reinforce mainstream opinion. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's why I got into the game. Yeah. And I think he's on Seth Meyers, which is very left-wing. And they both laughed because they yeah. both know the whole point of comedy is you're coming to the stage with something different. Yes. Something that other people aren't thinking. Yes. Something that maybe makes us reconsider our own viewpoints. Mm-hmm. Which is healthy. Yes. Questioning how you think about the world and not just taking the obvious easy thought path every single time is healthy and everyone should be doing it yes i have a couple more points i want to make regarding this stuff (coughs) number one i wanted to close out with talking about the jesse smollett bit that he did in the special right um because that was definitely i would not say that was a lazy comedy no i had not heard that that take at all Mm -hmm. about it and it, it actually struck me as profound. And I- ironically, is it was a moment where he physically and mentally, he just stayed in the pocket. He didn't do that weird upstage move where he runs upstage and hits right. the mic, which I feel a little bit disingenuous. I'm like, you don't find yourself that funny all the time, dude. Relax. No. Uh, <laughs> he stayed there because he was really trying to make a point, which he goes, he goes, the black community didn't get behind Jesse Smollett. Black community, he goes, he goes we did by not saying anything because we knew that motherfucker was guilty. Right. And then he talked about what was said. He goes, that sounds like something I would have said. Right. Which I thought was really kind of amazing. I don't know what's going on with, I haven't really heard anything regarding the Jesse Smollett bit. Because really the bit, I, th- I think is special. It's it almost, a good bit. It's like basically like five sort of central bits. It, what's tricky is I've even heard that Jesse Smollett take before. Oh, you have? But it's like with the internet now, Anything topical, I'm gonna hear all the takes. Yeah, if you. I just have there. heard all the takes on everything topical. Yeah. Because Twitter and the internet exist, and yeah. I follow nothing but comedians and go to nothing but open mics. Yeah. So if there's a take out there on something topical, I've probably heard it. I hear Chappelle do it. Chappelle does it better than anyone. Better than anyone. Right. Yeah. He's doing that take at the peak of yeah. what a comedian could do it. Yes. But I'm still like, eh, it's kind of heard it. Now the um. When he talked about, because I, I have tried to discuss a little bit um, what I see is a struggle within the LGBTQ AI plus sign community. Right. Um, and the only bit that I, that I ever did that got traction was a Caitlyn Jenner bit because the Caitlyn Jenner bit is really about how Caitlyn Jenner was foisted upon the trans community. Mm-hmm. And the trans community is like, well, we didn't want the bitch, but okay. Right. Because She's there's the most high some, profile. There's some white m- male run media that said, here you go. We're going to make Caitlyn Jenner a woman and a trans spokesperson. And the trans community was like, well, we didn't ask for her. So my Caitlyn Jenner bit. I even like Chappelle's bit about Caitlyn Jenner in the previous special more than I what did. I, what did he say? I forgot. He said some stuff about how transgenderism became okay the second white men wanted to do it. You know what I mean? Oh, that's fine. I was like, that's an interesting point. That is an interesting point. Right, I the second white men decided I want to be a woman, society was like, okay. Oh God, that's so yeah. profound. That's great. Um, so, but he talked about the 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 car driving forward with the the G's, the L's, the B's, right. and the T's, and to me that was a great bit because it is a very I don't want to call it a clown car because that sounds awful, but it is a very confused progression forward with this community. And the idea that there is infighting and bickering, right? People don't certainly people don't want to hear about it. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to, you know. Um, I thought the idea that the other three groups are often uh, not being held back, but like they're being held responsible. They're all grouped in together. Yeah. So if the trans community does something crazy, everyone in that LGBT group has to kind of deal with it and stand behind it. Yeah. Which a lot of people in that group may not be okay with. Yeah. You know? And it's that's something interesting to address. Yeah. And I also think it's interesting to address that the, the trans community and the trans expression in that community is the most, um, it's the newest in terms of how things should be expressed, how things need to be defined, how people should be addressed, what is exactly and I think the protocol they is. They themselves are kind of figuring it out. They sure are. Mm-hmm. And I think that, so Chappelle talked about how. <laughs> 
how the T community right. is kind of trumping the rest of the LGBTQ, you know, is interesting because that is partially true because you can't really say, yo, take it down a notch, T's. You can't right. say that because that becomes transphobic. Mm-hmm. And I I have a, you know, I, I, I was on stage the other day at the Laugh Factory and everyone was giving me shit about getting arrested in Egypt <laughs> in the lobby and I went on and I had a bee in my bonnet and I just said, and here I'm looking out the crowd and I see all these gay couples holding hands and we're in West fucking Hollywood. It's where gays are made. It's the crucible of gay. Right. It's the capital of gay. And someone brought me up. Oh, this guy just got arrested in Egypt. And I went on stage and I said, yeah. And I said, you know what? Fuck Islam. And the reaction I got was really like, <gasps> I'm doubling down. Fuck Islam. Do you realize that homosexuality is punishable by death in basically every Islamic country? And and we're supposed to pretend that you're an Islam. You know what? I was threatened with my life in an Islamic country. Yeah. So does that make me Islamophobic? Yeah, I'm afraid of Islam. Oh, no, no, no. It's extreme Islam. It's the fucking Koran. A third of, of all Middle Eastern countries make homosexuality punishable by death. Right. I'm not talking about illegal, because I think it's illegal in, in, in 10 out of 18 middle countries, or maybe 12 out of 18. But it's punishable by death in 6 of 18 middle... And we're supposed to pretend that that's... Uh, that's just, hey, man, it's religion. Like, no. We're talking about people getting silenced and killed every fucking day. Yeah. And if you say it, you're an Islamophobe. You realize in Israel, it's one of the only Middle Eastern countries where it's... Not only do they, they don't have gay... They don't perform gay marriages, but they recognize gay couples and... and, and where? In Israel. In Israel, right. So Israel is a very progressive place. Sure. Muslims living in Israel love it. It's a great place. But for some reason, we've gotten this weird upside-down Stranger Things world where Israel is this dogmatic, hegemonic place that's repressing Palestinians. And if you say anything remotely close to the fact that, hey, maybe Islam is a Stone Age religion that needs to grow up because it's in its teenage years, you're a piece of shit fucking (laughs) Trump-supporting asshole and that bugs me and the only liberal person who makes this point bill maher is bill maher right and bill maher for some reason he gets a p- i don't know if he gets a pass because he's so liberal in every other ideology he has i don't think he does get a pass he gets a lot of flack for he it for sure flag for it. but i that's nothing i don't understand why can't we address the fact that that islam is a dangerous religion and, and it's not that's, that's one of the ultimate liberal dilemmas, the ultimate liberal conundrums where we can't really have our cake and eat it, too. Yes. But we've just decided not really to overly address it yes. and just kind of keep it's just something we don't like talking about. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. Because there's no way to have it both ways. Uh, the The argument that I've normally heard from liberals is uh, which I would consider myself in that group is that uh most people most people who practice islam are not like that especially in america America, they're not and i think that it's tricky because it's like when you overly condemn islam overseas it might negatively affect the muslims over here yeah that's fair but i don't know it's it's tricky because I'm more akin to Bill Maher in the I don't like religious extremism or religious dogma of any kind because there are similar problems in the Bible, right? And then religious extremists on the Christian side, which obviously we don't see Christian extremist countries murdering gay people. It's not on the same level. uh, Let uh, let me just do a quick uh, pause right here. I think that... But we did maybe the, hundreds the difference of years ago. Be, exactly. The yeah. difference between, and I will, I ret- first of all, I don't really mean fuck Islam. Right. Islam, any monotheism, Judaism, Christian, Islam, they're all, they're close to fucking up. The difference is, mm-hmm. Islam is a teenage religion. Right. It started, what, like 600 AD, 900 AD, started getting practiced. So uh, it's like a thousand plus years old. A thousand years ago, Christianity they were torturing people on the fucking stake and they were burning witches and shit. So yeah, I mean, so it's just, it's, it's a newer religion and it's still in it's like uppity teenage years. And that means they're killing people left, right and center based on their dogma. And 
that's not extremist. That's just the, the, the Quran is the book, and the Quran is very extreme. Now, the Bible is extreme about homosexuality, too, but we've kind of mollified over the years. Eh, it's the fucking matter. And also, I don't think the Bible's nearly as extreme. Well, they do say two men laid together should be stoned, but that might just be about spoken weed. Right. Are you with me, guys? And that's, and that's like the one passage. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's probably a couple other things that yeah. I'm not educated enough on to speak of, but... yeah. But I do think that, yeah, that some of the extremist stuff in, in Judaism and in Christianity has been sort of m- it's been smoothed, smoothed over, smoothed over right. by, by the years and the thousand, you know, people. Go, and ah. also, there's like, I'm going to say the United States is more progressive and more advanced in terms of culture. So we, even though those things might exist in the text as a culture, we're way past that. Yes. So we look at those and we're like, oh, that's. Ancient times. Well, uh, some some churches like down south, maybe not there, so much. There was a church uh, in the news today in Mississippi mm. that denied marriage to an interracial couple. Yeah, so I mean, same. Which shit. is crazy. Right. But I also think it's funny that a lot of the very but nobody's liberal getting killed by law. Yeah, a lot the of the laws. Liberal, the laws are more progressive. A lot of the liberal progressive people who are who are attacking people for being Islamophobic go after Christianity like it's what's for dinner. True. That you know. is that is a little bit um, Hippocratic. So not I, Hippocratic. <laughs> the Hippocratic oath. So <laughs> I guess the thing being I want to. Uh, <laughs> I guess the question that I want to leave people with okay. is what what is the line? Is there a line? I know for you personally, Tommy, and this is funny. I've been you know working with Jay Moore a lot, mm-hmm. and um, who I think is a brilliant comic. And one of the things that he says in his. Uh, he drops the end bomb in his latest special. Really? He doesn't do it in a way where he's like, I'm going to make a statement about the word or the word. He doesn't put, but he he talks about his son's friend being like, what you talking to me like that for, nigga? You know, like, and he uses right. it like that mm-hmm. in a vernacular way, where which is how kids will talk. Right. So is he doing something bad big big air quotes uh by saying the word because the idea that you can't say the word i know that you would never say the word tommy even no. and even joking when i go when i go hey what up you, you 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 like blanch when i say that it makes me very uncomfortable it makes you very uncomfortable. i think it's so, inappropriate okay what does that mean to you inappropriate uh i just i think that you're making a choice by doing it you know what i mean it, so when you're in the your car listen to rap song it and the word comes up do you say it out loud never so you're how many you, you say every word but the n-word when you're in your car right i go even <laughs> when you're by yourself yeah wow yeah why do you think that is i'm really asking uh i, I don't know maybe it's like i respect it i'm, I, I'm like respect i'm just curious i grew up in the south and i just knew a lot of people who said it even in a kind of playful not hateful way uh-huh. i didn't in, in fact even like in my high school most of the people who said the n-word were just the white kids who were friends with black kids yeah and they um and they said it because they had gotten a pass from their black friends and like it wasn't hateful it was like it was a term of endearment so i get that side of it but i also knew a lot of people who said it in a hateful way of course and i know and i know a lot of I have a good amount of black friends, and they generally, they're just like, yeah. They've told me what it means like, to them. It's, it's ours. It's not yeah. yours. Yeah, I get and that. I, and I respect that. Yeah. And I respect the struggle that they've been through. And I think that it's, you know what I mean? Like, there's so little that I am able to do. But this is the one thing that I'm able to do. Yeah, and I when I that. hear the word, to me, it's a choice to not respect the struggle that the black community has been through i get that now do you feel that it should be verboten for white comics to say in general or is that just for you personally um i think it should i think it shouldn't be said by white comics so are there other words when i hear people say it i you know i'm like depending on the context like louis has an old bit yeah and i like uh, i respect that in terms of like the george carlin way of like comics can say whatever we want and comics should say any word that they yes. can say as an example of the fact that this is America, this is free speech and we can still say anything we want. Yes. But 
I, whenever I see comics using it, you I'm kind of like, like, you're making a choice to do that. And you're you feel like it's lazy comedy again or I just think offensive for the sake of being offensive? I'm just like, you didn't have to do that. You're making a choice to do it because part of you, this is a thing that all comics have. They just want to stick it to anybody telling them to do anything. Yes. Every comedian doesn't want anyone to tell them shit. Of Every course. comedian of wants course. to do whatever that. the fuck they want at any time. And I am completely free and in control of my own life. And I can operate on stage with no restrictions. Yes. This is the comedian code. But I'm always just kind of like, I don't know. You're being, you're being disrespectful. Yes. Do you way. think I get that? Do you think that? that no, I don't. I don't say the N word. And by the way, when Lucy K talked about it, he goes, "I'm sick of the N word," because it makes people fill in the blanks. I agree. I think that's hilarious. Yeah. But um, and I like I that was a good use, bit. I don't use the N word in my comedy, but <laughs> because I don't have a good enough joke to justify it. Right. I don't have I don't have a rape joke or a pedophile joke in my comedy because I don't have a hot enough take or a good enough joke or a joke that is able to like. You know, totally reverse engineers people's confirmation biases well enough to make it interesting and funny. Totally. So, um, and I think if someone writes a perfect joke that has to use the N word, then I'd love to hear it. Tommy, I want you to write that joke. But that's not <laughs> it. I think Seinfeld. They had the uh, the round table. I think it was talking funny. The HBO With thing. The Seinfeld, Chris Rock, Lucy. Seinfeld, K. Chris Rock, Lucy K, Ricky Gervais. Yeah. Ricky Gervais produced it. Yes. And um, I don't know. I felt the need to say that. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, Seinfeld, they go to him and they're like, you've never said it in yeah. your act. And he's like, I don't find the funny in it, nor do I seek it. Yeah. And uh, I kind of I kind of agree with that. Yeah, I can get that. I don't yeah. find the funny in it. I don't seek it. If someone else wants to go down that path, that's their choice. But, yeah. Uh, but I I feel good in knowing that I'm respecting the struggle by not saying it and i know i'm not making any difference no i get that but of that's course. just i know I, I get that do you think but there are other are there other words that you feel are verboten like obviously like i say the c word right i don't i, I don't say the m word the m word m midget oh midget yeah i don't i don't think i mean i don't i don't say the f word either. i think john mulaney had a great joke about the word midget where he's like um, <laughs> someone from uh, Standards and Practices while yeah. he was writing on a TV show goes to him and he says uh, you can't say midget on TV and he says well I certainly would like to and he's like no 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 saying midget is just as bad as saying the n-word and John Mulaney goes well if you're comparing the badness of two words and you won't even say one of them <laughs> that's the worst <laughs> word yeah it's true yeah so yeah so what is your uh, so I think I tend, I tend to not just say any of them because yeah, I yeah, like I get it. that's not but that's not my style of comedy. I'm well, not you know, really it's, that it's also really it's interesting because I had a friend of mine the other day. One of my favorite little quick one off jokes, I say, where I talk about being on the date with the vegan girl mm -hmm. and she's correct my language. You can't say girl. You have to say woman. You can't say where you have to say server. I go, oh, I can't say girl. Well, that's fucking retarded. And then and then people oh, I go, yeah, you can't say retard. You have to say Trump supporter. <laughs> so so I take a very a word that is sort no, of that's funny. That's a clever way of doing it. However, I had a friend of mine tell me the other day, I said, just so you know, I'm a fan. My friends are all fans. We think you're hilarious. But when you say the word retard, it really makes everyone it, it really makes all very, very uncomfortable. I go, hmm. even though that's I flipped it with the Trump thing, they're like, it doesn't matter. Like the minute you say that, it just like. We all I appreciate the flip because you're using it as a comedic tool to build tension and then you release it with the flip. Yeah. But I think that's So I get I get what you're doing in the context of comedy. But it did make me go, "Oh, am I alienating a group of people that I want to like me?" Yeah. For the same reason like I'm just trying to get a shot here. You got it. You got to be aware of that. Yeah. That's And once again, those people who hit you up, they don't live in comedy. Like, my brain is in comedy. Yeah. So whenever I hear something like that, I understand it in the context of comedy. Yeah. You're being funny. You're using retard because it is an offensive term, and it's something that makes people shrivel up. You're using that effect that it has on them to create this tension in the audience, which you then break in the next line. Don't so you think that's what Chappelle does with his special and this special? Yeah, I think that's what he's trying to do. 
But I also think... Uh, he's been more effective in the past. He's been more effective in the past because I didn't have any problem with him addressing the same issues. He's already addressed the trans community in the past four specials. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I just thought he did it better then. Whereas yeah. this time it felt like he was just going back to that area because everyone didn't want him to. But I didn't feel like... I felt like the important stuff, the interesting stuff he had to say about it, he had already said. Yeah. And the car bit was... The car bit and the Michael Jackson bit were like weaker, watered-down versions of yes. the jokes he had already made. Yes, they could have been a, l- a little bit stronger. But so I'm like, if you're going to go know. back, I want, th- I want the hot shit. I want some fresh shit that's going to make me go, see, this is why he's the one talking about it and yeah. not these fucking open micers. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, I think we've, we, we've excavated the Chappelle special. You know, I don't know if there's any last things you want to say. The second half of the special I liked a lot more when yeah. he kind of moved on to more personal stuff. And it felt like new, new areas that I hadn't heard him talk about before. But since you mentioned Chappelle's, I also think like I don't know, I don't know shit about him personally. Right. In the same way, I don't know shit about Jeselnik personally. Like Chappelle, I mean, isn't he married with kids? But he talks about like boning women and stuff. So I, I don't he? know. Is he a single guy? Is he married? I mean, no, he's married with kids. He's married I with believe. kids, right? Mm-hmm. But he, but he, but he puts himself out there as just like a dude who's. Just a single. I mean, there are things he know. says that, that he definitely doesn't talk about his marriage and his wife. And where I think th- he does. What in the gun bit? He talks about he's sleeping next to oh, okay. his wife. And I mean, I'm not saying that he overly broadcasts the fact yeah, that yeah, yeah. he's in a committed relationship, but he does yeah. mention it. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I, and he I, talks I, about his son coming in, and he yeah. talks about I was able to raise a white kid who eats duck. You know what I mean? Do you remember yeah. that bit? In the m- latest one. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. Yeah, he, he does a bit about his kids. Oh, God. I must have missed part of this. But also, a lot of comedians who do bits about their kids, like, there's com- almost a stigma to it. You know what I mean? Once you start talking about family life, then that beams your you whole special. lose the young crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. All right, man. Very cool. Well, uh, that was just a, a hot take on Sticks and Stones. Maybe we can release that. I don't know. ASAP. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Out there. See if we can gin up some interest in this. Um you guys, that's it. Signing off from the Afterlife. Bye-bye.